Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got a good one today, and it's the first one for 2020. We are entering a new decade, not just a new year, a new decade. And so our topic today is going to really coincide with, of course, New Year's. And uh, Dr. Daniels, everybody goes into the new year with a New Year's resolution. And you had hit me with, um, it should be New Year's solution. Right. So, um, so welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Let's get right in, jump right in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, I think about how we operate, um, especially when I look at um, Christians, right? For example, uh, most churches have a New Year's Eve service, you know, where you, and it's a traditional thing, you know, with the black church. You have a New Year's Eve service uh, and at the stroke of midnight, the, the, the emphasis is, is, is how you end the year is how you begin the year. So you like to end the year praying and worshiping and that kind of thing. And, and, and what you get oftentimes is that for many churches, that's the biggest service. You know, Easter may be, you know, close in line with that. And, and all everyone comes in with a, a renewed sense of, you know, I'm going to be better this year. I'm going to do right this year. You know, I'm going to serve God this year. And, and, and one of the things that people always say, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to attend church, you know, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going right, to do right. that, you know. And, and what happens is, as, as you know, that that lasts maybe, ooh, let's say two Sundays, basically. Right. Uh, but the same thing is true with most resolutions that we make. You know, uh, if you look at the top resolutions, for example, uh, number one is eat healthier or become healthier, you know, right? And then you have uh, number two is exercise more. Uh, three is to to lose weight. Four is to save money. Those are great resolutions. The problem is they don't give us a solution, right? And so what I'm thinking is that we need to, rather than make resolutions, we need to develop solutions to specific problems that we have in our life, because that's really what we're looking for. You know, if you just say, I'm going to come to church more. Well, let's face it. You said that last year. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? right. If you just say, I'm going to save money. Uh, the question is, well, what am what am I saving money for? What is the problem I'm trying to resolve? You know, those kind of the things. why, yeah, the why. Yeah. And so I think when you look for solutions, so because solutions end up giving you a plan, and once you get a plan, you can take actions and check it and those kind of things. Yeah, the why is huge, and when you're coming up with just goals in general, like mm-hmm. you know, what is the purpose of the goal? And I had literally just posted a video yesterday about people reasons why people fail at new year's resolutions is because you're usually picking a goal that is brand new. That's not compounding on the goal that you have for the previous year. Right. You know, you've already got, so let's say you got some momentum of going to church. Mm-hmm. You say you're going to go to church more and let's say in 2018, you went five times mm-hmm. and in 2019 you went seven times. Okay. that you, Probably put on the on the board on the piece of paper that you're gonna go every Sunday, mm-hmm. and you didn't quite get it, but you did improve. Like right. so, put a like you're saying, put a number to that, and then also, why do you want to go to church? And 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 the why for every resolution, I think, is so important because if you don't have a why, you cannot measure accomplishment. You know, and if you can't measure accomplishment, it, you don't get the motivation to keep doing it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, you know, if we take church, for example, right, why do I want to, why do I think, what is the value in coming to church more often? You know, what is it? 
for 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 um, the realistic reason is so I can gl- grow closer to God. Uh, but for most people, that's such a lofty goal that it's like, well, okay, how do I measure closeness to God? So I have to put it in concrete things, right? Right. The more I know about God's plan for my life, the better my marriage will be. You know, the better our parent I will be. You know, the better I will manage my finances. You know, those kind of things. But then I'm specific and I can say, you know, well, this year I want to learn more about God's plan for family or I want to learn more about God's plan for finances or for for specific things. And then I can outline how I'm going to do that. So that becomes my solution to a problem that I know I've had in my life. You know, I I tend to look at it like especially like for church. I'm going to say church versus the club. Mm hmm. Right. Most people don't have a, a goal of I'm going to go to the club every weekend. No, no. But mm-hmm. they, they tend to do something at least in that arena, you know, maybe mm-hmm. every once every two weeks or once every three weeks. Right. 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 And, I just, and, and I say, OK, look how your life has gone. You doing that on mm-hmm. a consistent basis. You know, let's just call a spade a spade. It's most likely been somewhat negative. Well, okay. Right. Yeah. Because of the type of people that you, just the right. environment that you're right. in. Right. So if you're going to church, the same amount of time, you should at the very least come out neutral. Right. To positive. Absolutely. And I agree, you know, but that's why, again, that's why I say you establish a why. Right. Because there are people that go to church and walk out of church because they say, well, I didn't get nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they haven't established a why. Now, I, I know why you go to the club. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Right, so you right. have a why. You may not have a goal, but you have a why. You have a why. I, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to find somebody, right? I'm going to get drunk. Yeah. I'm going to get turned up. You know, I'm, you know I'm going to escape reality. So you, right. have, you have your why. Right. And if getting there, you actually um, uh, get that feedback. See, if, if my goal was to get drunk and I got drunk, Right. Right. Because I go every Friday because that's that happy hour. Right? right. If I met that goal, boom, I'm going to go back. If if it was to meet somebody and I met people that made me feel good, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, but what you said is, you know, you hit the nail on the head, no doubt. But that's why, you know, I'm saying I agree with you when you say we need to distinguish that why for every in every solution, because without that, there's no way to measure success. And if I can't measure success. I'm I'm less apt to repeat it, you know, if I didn't get what I came there for. And, um, it, you know, and that's why, you know, that's why I, I think that people, not just church, but, but, but to get healthy, let's say when people say I want to be healthier in the new year, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, does that mean I'm, you know, how, how am I going to measure that? Why am I trying to get healthier? Am I trying to lower blood pressure? Right. You know, Am I trying to lower cholesterol? You know, what am I trying to right. do? It was, it was interesting. I saw, uh, I was looking at this thing on YouTube and a guy was talking about the Daniel fast mm-hmm. and why you should do it, you know, to activate, you know, God in your life and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was funny because I heard other people do, I'm going to do the Daniel fast mm-hmm. to lose weight. And I was like, well, that ain't, <laughs> that ain't the purpose of right. doing the actual Daniel fast. Right. Like you missing the point. So somebody that would do something like that and be like, well, I didn't get nothing out of it. Well, you went into it looking for the wrong thing. Absolutely. You know, just like when people come to church looking for a partner, right? <laughs> you know, right, when right. the lady might say, somebody might say, 
because I've heard ladies say this, y'all got any single men at your whole church? <laughs> you know? So if you come there looking for the wrong why, just right. as you as you say it, you, you become disenchanted, you know. Uh, but that's why I say to me, it's not resolution, but it's solution. What is my, what is, what is the big problem I have in my life? You know, and so what's the solution to that problem? So, you know, so my, my resolution should not be, I'm going to lose weight, weight, let's say. I think it should be, here's the solution to how I'm going to lose weight. And the solution has to recognize that I didn't do it last time. Right. So if I didn't do it last time, it doesn't make sense for me to say, I'm going to do what I didn't, you know, I'm going to try the same thing. Right. Because it didn't work. And I, I guess that's why I'm, uh, I, I, my, my practice is, and uh, when I read the Bible, even if you, when you read the Bible, you know, the things that God gave them were not resolutions, but solutions. You know, it was always a solution to a problem. Right. So that's why I'm saying um, for anybody, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, whatever you are, if you're making a resolution, uh, change it and say, you know, mentally change that and say, what is my solution to this problem for 2020? Right. And then build around that because then you're building a framework for what you are going to do as opposed just to talking about the end result. If I say I'm going to be healthier, I'm talking about the end result. I'm not talking about the steps that it will take to get me there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm going to give a, a, a practical example of that, you know, to be transparent. Mm-hmm. So I think it was uh, two years ago, I had said, I want to read into two books. Mm-hmm. You said, well, you should start with the Bible. I said, mm-hmm. okay, I did that. But I went into it with the wrong why. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. I stopped at numbers. Now you had already gave me the preface mm-hmm. said numbers is boring. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the Bible was very, very entertaining up until numbers. Right. And it like, it just falls off a cliff. Like right. it, it's like, if you was binge watching a, a TV series and they have that one season where it's like, what is it? Where is this going? Mm-hmm. And it was like reading the people. It's like, okay, I get it. These people are related. It's like, it got to the point where I didn't care, mm-hmm. but I was waking up every morning reading the Bible. So I get to that. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I put a stipulation on myself. I said, I want to read from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I never made it mm-hmm. because number, I went into it with the wrong. I looked into, went into it. Like I need a goal of, I want to accomplish this. Mm-hmm. And then what can I get out of it? And then it went from that to being, this is entertaining. Mm-hmm. So now it went for me reading like an actual book. Right, your why changed. My why changed. <laughs> right. So then when my why changed, I stopped doing it. Right. You know, so for the people that's out there, you will have moments like that where you, like you say, like we're losing weight. Mm-hmm. If you really hit it real hard, you could lose 10 to 15 pounds real quick and mm-hmm. then plateau. Mm-hmm. And then when you go back to yourself, this ain't working for me. Let me quit. You know, X, Y, and Z. Right. So you're forgetting the why it's like I did with the Bible and, and I'm planning on picking it back up in 2020. Right. But, well, and that's, that's a key point you raise, right? Because that, that distinguish between resolution and solution, right? Yeah. Because you didn't have a solution for getting through numbers. Yeah. You know, how do I get through it? So it doesn't, you know, dry me out per se, right. but because when you look at it from a resolution standpoint, without a solution to how I'm going to do it, you're right. You give up, you know, uh, because even, I mean, I tell you numbers was going to, you know, make you stall and it will in the beginning, Yeah, <laughs> in the beginning, you know, I do Bible study, for example, and I w- went through numbers with the people and I said to them, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, when you first, when we first start reading it, you're not going to understand why you're getting the lineage. 
and they didn't. But as we got through it, then they would say, wait a minute. Ah, I get it now. It is exciting. It does give me some, some, some solid information. Right. And, I, and that's the thing. See, the, the resolution will have you stopping. The solution will have you tying it back in to say, mm-hmm. you know, this is why I need to do that. And again, so that's why I'm, you know, um, uh, and, and I know it's for many people, their thought process, well, I do look at it like a solution. Um, well, but I put it this way. If, if, if you had to travel from here to um, New York, let's say, um, and you know you had to get there, you wouldn't start out by saying, I'm going to get there by saying I have to get there. Mm-hmm. See, that's resolution. Right. I'm going to get to New York by saying I have to get to New York. That's a, new, that's a resolution. I'm right. going to get to New York. Solution will be, uh, I'm going to take, you know, 64 to 95 to whatever, or I'm going to take 17 or 13 or, right. you know, I'm going to, da, da. you know, see, once you get the solution, then it enables you to get where you're going as right. opposed to just saying where you're trying to go. And um, to me, that's true with everything. You know, let's say if I say I'm going to eat healthier, for example, because, you know, that's the highest rated New Year's resolution right. without a solution. First, I have to say, well, what was I eating in 2019? Right. That's right. right. What was it in 2019? So what's the solution to st- so I won't eat the negative stuff? For most of us, unhealthy eating is, is, is because of a, a, a fast pace. You know, real, you know, it's realistic. You, you, you know, you don't have time for a home cooked meal. So you, you, you get stuff from restaurant and and, and usually stuff from restaurant, you know, tend stuff that we want tend to not be healthy food, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. So what's the solution? And the solution is simple is that, you know what, these items on the menu I avoid, right? Right. You know, that's the solution is that, you know, just one solution, right? Or these restaurants I'm going to avoid. Right. Or. I'm going to do only hit these restaurants once a week. Right. You know, so, so you are, you already have in your psyche what my solution is, not just the resolution, but this is what we are going to do. We're only going to act like a food one week, one day out of the week. That's when we're going to eat anything. Right. And the other six days we're going to eat from either these restaurants or we're going to eat, you know, these menu type items, you know, that's solution oriented as opposed to, I'm just going to eat healthier because Saying you're just going to eat healthier can be, you can, one can be fooling oneself. Right. For example, you can look on the menu and you can see one menu says, um, this, this hamburger is 370 calories. And then you see something that says, and this, this, uh, fried chicken sandwich is, uh, 400 calories. And so one will say, well, let me get this hamburger cause it's healthier. Right. Well, it may be healthier than that fried chicken but that don't mean it's healthy. healthy right. <laughs> you know, right. so that's why I'm saying this, a solution has to, has to, has to look at the, the specifics. And if you f- follow specifics, then it's easier to look back and see success, which is makes it more, again, it motivates you, mm-hmm. you know, to keep going. So I'm going to ask you this question. So for when you're writing down your goals personally and mm-hmm. professionally, you know, what steps do you take? 
to take it from hierarchy goals and then breaking them down, like you're saying, into mm-hmm. solutions? Well, the first thing I do is I look at, you know, what what do I need? Because <laughs> to me, that's the driving force, you know, is, is what do I need to accomplish? You know, not what am I in these. And I mean, everybody has aspirations. But I'm just saying I'm at a point now where it's what do I need? Right. And, 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 and for some of that, you know, um, it may have been an aspiration, but it's still a need because the need is going to drive you more than an aspiration is going to drive you. Once I establish the need, then that tells me what my goal is because my goal is to make that happen. You know, that's it. That's my goal to make it happen. Now, once I know that's my goal for the year, then the question becomes, um, well, how can I, based on the resources that are available to me to make it happen? Cause I, w- I always want to make, um, my, uh, strategic plan contingent upon what I can do, not based on what others can help me do. Yeah, you know, let me say, when I say I, I'm not excluding God from that picture, right, you right, know, right. uh, but if I put other folk in the picture, then that means that there's room for their failure. And so therefore, so you're, so you're saying that after your goal, you're going to figure out how you're going to do it, but it's really how I can do it, how I can do it, not how somebody else can help me do it. Okay. So once you get to that point, are you writing these steps down? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Always. I'm always, uh, my goal is always, and I'm always going back and I'm making sure is my goal measurable? I mean, as, uh, you know, I, what I find when talking to a lot of people, they have goals, but there's no way to measure success in the goal. Right. So I'm always making sure that I can measure my goals. And I'm also making sure that this, the steps that get me there are also distinct and measurable too. Uh, so I will know how close I am or how far I am. So right. for example, I want to know if I have not just met it, but how far I am in, from in exceeding it. By what percentage did I exceed it? Or by what percentage did I not meet it? So I want everything to be measurable, you know, every step, every, every, every strategic action plan that I have to meet. I want to make sure I can measure that as well as the goal itself. So when you're doing the measurement, the measuring goals, are you doing that at the goal stage? Is it in between a goal and how I? Okay. I'm, I'm okay. First I got my goal, right? Mm-hmm. Then I develop a strategy for getting there. Then what I use, what I put in is milestones. Gotcha. So my milestones are going to tell me, you know, I want to be a certain place, you know, certain times, but I'm making sure that my strategies at each milestone, I can measure those as well, because I want to make sure that I need to know how far along I am, because if I don't, I could be going in the right direction, but not be going fast enough to meet the goal. Right. Right. You know, or I might be going so fast that my goal really didn't stretch me enough. Right. You know, so I, I might have to modify some, you know, somewhat. So that's why I want to make everything measurable. Uh, but also, like I say, it also is motivational because if I get, you know, to the first quarter and I look and say, well, you know what? In three months, this happened. Wow. You know, I, I'm feeling good. It gives me a sense of, okay, you're on the right track. But I'm always also looking at that so I can look at my strategy, see what my success was. And if I need to modify that strategy, because I never assumed that what I thought of in October <laughs> right, right. is going to be, you know, the right thing in March, even though in my mind, I've said, I know this is going to work. I'm going to go back in March and look at it and measure it and say, well, what did it really work? Right. Did it really work? 
And I'm going to always do that for one simple reason. I want to verify that what I did was actually the result of what I did and not chance. Right. You know, it's easier to, it's easier to analyze failure than it is success. Yes. You know, totally agree with that. You know, so I want to make sure that, you know, this was the result of what I did. So I know I can to replicate it will keep me going and not just some variation in the marketplace, you know? Right. And so that's why I always, always want to go back. I never just say to myself, Hey, you met it. You know, you're doing well. No, it's let me analyze everything and see what impact it had on getting me there. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm putting those critical points in too, because there are some places where, you know, if you miss something, it impacts your ability to get to the end when you want to get there. Right. So I'm, I'm putting those kind of things in too. Uh, so just, I know, um, those things that I cannot let slip. Right. You know, to get me where I'm trying to go. Now I, I want people listening and watching to understand this. What, what Dr. Daniel said very clear. He's putting in measuring uh, steps, measure, measurement goals, right? In order to do that, you have to write them down. Most people think of, okay, I'm going to do this this year or this quarter, or this is my goal. And they don't map out a plan right. to get there. It's in your head mm -hmm. and you know what you want or even what you need. Mm -hmm. But did you write it down to map out the stuff so you can go back? This is very critical. Mm -hmm. So you can go back and look at it. I, you know, I, I know um, from your age, you came around the same time my dad did, you know, with when the Franklin Covey system was out. He was real big. I mean, Stephen Covey system. But he was real big on like writing the stuff down in the planner so you can go back and reference it. Mm -hmm. And he also really taught big on literally studying what you're writing down and what you've done. So right. you can know right then and there. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is most of the men that are listening and watching this um, episode will sit on Monday morning after, after Sunday's football games is over with and watch people talk about what happened the day before mm -hmm. the plays Right. Why they did certain things or why didn't they do certain mm -hmm. things and analyzing everything, mm -hmm. what the right. coach has done, mm -hmm. you know, for the past two weeks, we've been hearing about Jason Garrett and the Cowboys, right. what he, right. what he would not do. Right. Right. You're doing it already mm -hmm. for, but you're doing it really for somebody else that doesn't sure. bring you any joy, so to speak, or right. anything tangible. Right. No advantage to your yeah. life. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, literally, if you take the same process that you're already doing on Monday morning at work, when you buy the water cooler or you're getting ready to get started, talking about the game the previous day, if you do that to your own life, you will be so much farther ahead almost instantly. Absolutely. You know, I, I give us a, a simple example. Let's say my goal is to, um, imp <laughs> let's say, let's say my mission statement, let's say my mission statement is to improve my marriage. That's my mission statement to have a, to have a, the, the best marriage possible in 2020, right? Because I can't measure that per se, even right. though it's something that you can feel, right? So, but then what can I do that's measurable in something like that to say, well, how can I get, how, how can I measure if my marriage is truly better? Okay, well, your, me your measurements, fewer arguments, mm -hmm. you know? How, what, how, how can I have no more than, X amount of disagreements, you know, that cause dissension in my household over a period of time. See, right. I can measure that. I can, right. you know, I, I will know if, you know what, 
we didn't have any arguments this year that caused us dissension. Because, see, you can have an argument without it causing you dissension. Right. right? That's right. We can disagree without being mad. Right. (laughs) Right. So, but see, now I can measure that. I can say specifically, you know, that's what happened. Right. The other thing, let's say I'm a guy. If I'm a guy, I can say, well, how many home-cooked meals am I getting? Right. That's right. You know, know, because that's my my goal is for her her to give me more home-cooked meals. Well, and my goal is not to happy. You know, my, my mission is to happier marriage, but my goal is more home cooked meals because that makes me happy in my marriage. Right, right. But then my, also I look at what what go what can I do for so that, can, that my wife's actions demonstrate she's happier. Right, you, you know. So I can set those things up, and then I can develop my plan to get do that. Right? right. So let's say you know in my plan I say this. You know, I need to show her more attention because if I give her more attention, you know, she'll do X, Y, Z. So the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to give my wife, send her a card once a week in the mail right. that, show, that, that says something about how much I love you or how I need you. So my, my strategy is I'm going to send her a card once a week and I'm going to give her flowers once a quarter. That, I'm just saying that could be my strategy. Right. right? That's what I'm going to do. Well, the reason why I'm saying once a quarter, because you never want to, in my opinion, you never want to have a, have a plan that doesn't allow you to go back and check it. You know, in, right. in, in, in a reasonable amount of time, if you wait too late, you, you, you know, if you're doing something wrong, it, you won't have time to change. You know right. what I'm saying? So let's say I do that. So I'm sending her a card every, you know, every Monday. I like to start off the week. Right. So, you know, right. I'm going to put the card in the mail on Saturday. Okay. So she gets it on, on Monday. Monday. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so mail comes and she gets the card. and Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. He was thinking about me over the weekend. Because if you got it on Monday, that tells her something. I was thinking about her on the weekend. Right. Right. So that's going to put a smile on her face. As a matter of fact, when she go to work, she going, you know, because if I send it to her job, when she get to work, she going to show a girl. Look what. Look. Right. She going to show her girlfriends. She going to feel good. You know, that, uh, presuming she can't get mail at work. If she can't right. get mail at work, send it to the house. But then I can start gauging from that and I can start doing the empirical data and say, well, you know what? How many arguments did we have that ended up in us not speaking? Right. You know, if, if, if this worked, well, if I do all that and we still have any arguments, that meant my plan was wrong. Yeah. You know, I got to go back and say, well, you know what? I can't get frustrated because what we do sometimes is get frustrated and say, you know, I'm doing everything I can do. Right. And it ain't no change. No. <laughs> That's right. Now right. it's time to say, well, you know what? Even though that was my plan, let me scrap that plan and let me try something different. You know, right. let me see what it is. So it may be now I have to say, you know what? The problem is my tone of voice when I'm speaking to her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. therefore, I'm going to change my tone of voice when I'm speaking to her. You, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just using this as an example. But, this, I, but then I got something I can gauge. I got something that I can say from a practical standpoint. I did change my tone of voice. You know, I, I did, you know, speak in a more friendly tone. I was more agreeable, you know, and in turn, it you know, made her more agreeable, blah, blah, blah. You know, those kind of things. It could be something simple as I'm going to, as you know, you pointed out this a long time ago, which I thought was, you know, right dead center as well. It could be something like this. I'm going to take more time with the children so she has more free time to relax. Right. You know, that could be in my plan. And I can see how that translates, you know. Right. So, I mean, it's a simple little thing that you can put in your plan. But like you said, if you don't write it down. Right. You're not going to keep doing it. Right. That's right. And if you write it down, you can go back and say, OK, check. <laughs> Did this on Monday or or check on Friday. That's when I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the kids. So now I'm planning, you right. know, that I got the kids on Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
they're going, we're going to the movies or we're going to hang out half a day, you know, whatever. And I can check it off on my plan. But if you don't do that, you're not going to keep it up. Right. You know, what's funny, this same type of idea, me and my dad, a couple of years ago, had was getting a, having a strained relationship. And he kept saying, we're always arguing. And I'm like, no, we're not. So, but I couldn't prove it to him. Mm-hmm. So what I did, he didn't even know this. Every time we had a disagreement or argument over the phone or whatever, I wrote it down in my calendar. Mm-hmm. So then after a while, I started measuring, like, like what you say, I started going back and looking mm-hmm. okay, and yeah. looking at the results. So I started saying, okay, when I did X, Y, and Z, Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Right. No lie. A year goes by. Where's me and my dad sitting on the bus? He goes, CB, I don't know what happened this year, but man, we get, really got along. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened. I was like, and then, you know, now I got to be me. Right. I got to tell them what happened. <laughs> I said, the, the difference was I stopped doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Because then you would get upset, then I would get upset. Right. But I right. took control of it. Uh-huh. Now we're in a good place. Right. Same thing what you were saying. Like you can really, if you sit and like, okay, what is going on? Back up mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and take your ego mm-hmm. out of it. Key, key point. You know, you take your ego out of it, then you can really sit down and analyze um what's going on. Another thing I did, I remember I was given one yes, I'm I'm gonna send my wife flowers. 52 flowers in a year, mm-hmm. right? So we got into like a month. It was like February, right? She's like, I, you know, she said, why? Because I had, st- okay, let me preface. I stopped ordering the flowers with the vase mm-hmm. because we had all these vases because I kept ordering the flowers with the vase. So I started just buying the flowers to put in the vase. Uh-huh. So she didn't like that. But wouldn't say it because she did get flowers. But I noticed a drop off in, you know, mm-hmm. in return, so to speak. Right. Return on investment, as you say. So I said, um, why you say I want the vase? I said, but we got plenty of vases. I want it in a vase. Mm-hmm. Now, as we talked before, men mm-hmm. <laughs> in general, especially me, I'm thinking, why pay extra money for a vase when I could go to the store, buy the thing, and I got plenty of vases? Right. Then you got to get rid of the vases because you got too many. I got too many. <laughs> so then after a while, she was like, like you said, I did it too often. And then it started losing its mm-hmm. thing. But it, she never got upset over it. She was just said, CB, you get, um, send me something else other than flowers. And, and, and that's why you analyze, right? Right. You, you, Two things you said that I thought, you know, needs probably highlighting. You said, you said I, 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 when I was talking with my dad, I was in control. Mm-hmm. Bingo. I mean, that's, see, that's one thing that we don't always think about. Um, anytime you're doing a plan, if you're doing a plan where you don't, you're not saying I'm the one that has to do something, the plan <laughs> won't work. That's right. <laughs> you that's know, right. See, oftentimes our thinking is, if, if my plan, if my resolution involves a better relationship, we focus on what the other person should be doing differently. Right. But no, it doesn't work that way. We, like you say, we have to take personal responsibility. And then, like you said also is that, you know, at a point, the flowers didn't have the same effect. So you have to go back and analyze and say, wait a minute, what's going on? Why is it that I'm, I'm giving these flowers? But it ain't having the same effect. Well, initially it was just what? It wasn't in a vase. Right. So that's the problem. Right. Then it was just what? 
Well, okay, we done had enough flowers now. Can you right. give me something else? Right. And so, but that's the key thing that we have to think about. No matter what it is, whether it's saving money, whether it's losing weight, whether it's a better lifestyle, all that stuff, as you said, reaches a plateau, right? Uh, people, because we get used to, your body will get used to it. If I'm trying to bulk up a little bit and I'm exercising, right. there's coming a time where it will plateau. My body gets used to the same exercise and says, that's, that's right. well, you know what, you know, you've been doing these push-ups, and it's time to work on something else, right. you know? So everything you said is just so key, you know, and I hope that people who are listening and watching took what you said and say, okay, let me, let me put that into my plan. Yeah. Cause it is, it's very important to, like you said, control what you can control. Mm-hmm. And then, and also really take your ego out of it because yeah. your ego will literally will make stuff up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you will make stuff up in your head about what people, I remember back in the day, this was back in the MySpace days where people was like, yeah, everybody over here hating on me. I was like, ain't nobody thinking about you. (laughs) It's like, this, like you have no idea what real hate is. Real hate is somebody physically going to your job Mm -hmm. and spreading lies on you to your boss to get you fired. Now, if you, if you got that, yes, you got a hater. If you got somebody that you perceive them talking about you, but it ain't affecting your wallet. But let people, that one go. Yeah. Right. But people was literally walk around thinking because the ego telling them that people are out there plotting against you. Mm-hmm. That's your ego talking. Mm-hmm. Get it out of your head. It ain't personal. Right. It is not personal. And then your ego will say the same thing about your in your relationship. She did this because she knows I don't like it. Mm-hmm. She ain't thinking about you when she did X, Y, and Z. Right. Or when she brought up this during the game. She ain't even recognize the game is even on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. You know, so he's like, okay, but once again, off of a little bit of tangent, some of that has to do with Dr. Daniels and society nowadays has become, in my opinion, become so politically correct mm-hmm. that you can't have an adult conversation without offending somebody. Oh yeah. Very, very true. Very true. And, and, but and that, and that's all a part, like you say, of how, how we, we operate. And so when we're doing solution oriented, and that's why, you know, I'm saying we should focus on solution right. oriented because when you focus on, focus on solution oriented, it tends to take the, um, it tends to take a more direct route to the accomplishment, but it also makes it succinct enough that I can do it without blame without the blame game, because now I know that if it does not succeed, it's me, you know, yeah. it's, it's me because I developed the strategy. I developed the milestones. Either I didn't do what I said I was going to do, or I implemented the wrong plan, you know? So it, it, it forces me to take personal responsibility um, for the plan and not put it on somebody else. Again, whether it's better relationships whether it's improved finances, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're a two, you know, two, uh, you know, a, a family where both of you have incomes, two income, if we're saving money, you know, the ability to save money is still a personal responsibility because uh, that person may never stop spending. Yeah. You know, that's the way life is, but that don't mean we still can't, I can't have a plan to save money and, and to make sure we're financially secure. Um, cause I can't force what yoke, what you do, 
but I can also control what I do. And, and I noticed that a lot of times, especially with couples, is that if they have a New Year's resolution to save for a house, let's say, right. and they don't make it, it's because they do what you said. They do the blame game. Well, you bought a new dress, so therefore I bought this or I, da, da, da. Right. You know, that kind of thing. But if you lay out the plan, write the plan down, how much am I going to have saved by this date? And, and how am I going to save it realistically? How am I going to save this by this date? And then now you can see what you have done. And I'll say this to people too. Let's say if I say I'm going to save $100 uh, a, a week, let's just say. Right. To say I'm going to save $100 a week is not sufficient. Because the question is, what do I now do to free up $100? You know, I have to be more specific in that. Right. I have to be able to say, well, that means that I'm not going to eat lunch anywhere where it costs me over $5 a week, you know, right. whatever. So I can free right. that money up. So I got to be able to say, I need to free money up so I can do it. So what do I give up so I can do it? And that's how you have to plan it. And again, it's got to be, as you point out in writing, so I can, I can keep track, see what's happening and, and, and make it happen and make sure it's me and not someone else because I can't force their hand to do anything. Right. Now, um, we don't get paid for any advertisement and I wish we did, but mint.com is a very good tool for finances and being able to see where your money went, mm -hmm. especially if you spend it on a debit card or a credit card, you be, it tracks and puts it in categories of what you spend your money on. Right. So, if, you know, could you have that conversation to come up at the end of the quarter? Like, well, we supposed to have X, Y, and Z saved. And well, the other person's like, oh, well, I ain't got it. Like, mm -hmm. So when you ask that age old question, we just start the podcast out with is the why, why don't you have it? You can go to mint.com. If you put the yeah. stuff in there, you'll be able to see where it went. So if you spent too much at Burger King or, or, you know, at a restaurant or you was a hundred dollars short, but you went to Texas or Brazil, that's where the hundred dollars went. So you know where it went, at least why? you know why it went there. So, okay, what avenues can we take? to not go to Texas or Brazil. Right. Well, I thought I had, well, yeah, you, you know, then that's when you're like, yeah, you mm -hmm. thought you had, but you didn't, you know, right. that old, that meme you see where people be like checking their bank account, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, after the weekend, like, whoa, wait a minute. I started out with 600. Mm -hmm. and I ain't got but 200. And that has to be in your plan. Right. You know I mean? It, it's got to Cause if you use a tool, but don't have it in your plan to analyze the data from the tool. Right. It's still, you know, it still doesn't benefit you. You know, like, like you take the average debit card that you, you, I have a debit card, right? I can have the debit card, but not have in my plan how I'm going to use the debit card. Right. So I, 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 I go to the ATM machine and I take out a hundred dollars. Then I go and buy a pay cash. <laughs> right. At Burger King or pay, you know, right. But, but if my plan is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my debit card for all purchases, you know, under a certain amount of money. Right. Right. And that way I have, I have, I can track it right there. You know, and most major institutions now, uh, financial institutions, you know, that you can get your statement categorized. You right. Know, or like you say, if you use, you know, mint, you can get that, but you have to, you know, put in your plan <laughs> that this is how I'm going right. to track use it, it and right. track it. Cause you know, um, I, I take my wife, for example, right? You know, uh, my wife, she has a debit card, but she goes to the ATM and team, pull the cash out. Yeah. And she still doesn't use the card. So, you know, not saying she's not good with finances, but I'm just saying, you know, because right. in her mind, the way she does it is say, well, 
I'm not going to spend with X amount of cash. Right. You know, and that's okay. If that's right. how your plan is out there, that right. I'm going to spend no more than this amount of cash every month, every month or every week, what have you. Right. Um, but it has to be in your plan and it has to be a reasonable way of keeping track. So you can, uh, as you said, uh, make sure that you're not over spending. It's okay to underspend, but you're not overspending. Yeah. That's, and that's really what we're talking about today with new year solutions is really is giving solutions and tools mm-hmm. that you need to incorporate into your new year's resolutions that you, mm-hmm. that you put forth, which is really your main goal, right? what you're trying to get to now. Okay. How do you get there? And one of the things um, to quickly recap, you said, what do I need to accomplish this? Then that goes to the goals to accomplish that. And then how I, could do it. And that's very key. I, I like that part is how I could do it. So you're not relying on anybody else. What do I need to do to be able to get this done? Mm-hmm. And then also making each milestone measurable. So you know where you're at. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're going too fast, which means you have to stretch the goal a little bit more mm-hmm. or you're going too slow, meaning that something what's going on. Are you really serious about the goals? So it makes you really think about like, what are you actually doing? Absolutely. And the main thing about all of this, Dr. Daniels, is even with God on your side, you got to put in some work. It's got, that's why it's got to be I. <laughs> you, you're right. You're, it's it's got to be because if if you don't, um, it's, you know, there's a, when I was in college uh, and we took computer programming, uh, the old thing was um, uh, two things. We would say, use the, you know, the KISS, which was keep it simple, stupid. That was, right. that was key. It was also, we would say garbage in, garbage out. And that's life in general. You get out what you put in. Yeah. If, you, if you don't put in the effort, you don't get much return. You know, you want to be both, both effective and efficient in how you set yourself up to make things happen. Yeah. I had a guy, when I first um, became a Mason that joined the lodge, he said, your journey in this is going to be what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And He's, he wasn't lying. Same thing with church. You know, you could go to church if you just go sit on the back row, you know, watch you preach, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay. You know, that's what I tell shares. Like, you know, if I, you know, if I'm going to church, I want to be in the first five rows. Like, why would I, you don't go to a concert. Just to sit in the back. Just sit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I sit in the back, I might as well watch the live stream. Right. If I'm coming to it, the church to sit and I want to be up front. I want to see your facial expressions. Right. I want to be able to tell where you're about to turn up and where you're about to turn down. Right. I want to see the whole shebang. I want to see, it. right. I want to see Chad motion it to the, to the people and what song to change from what keys to go from there. I want to be able to hear and see mm-hmm. everything, right. but you have people that go to church and sit and purposely sit in the back. Right. Well, you know, it's like the old folk would say, <laughs> if you want to get, um, if you if you want to warm up, you got to sit near the fire, right? <laughs> right, you, you know. Uh, but you, yeah, you're right though. You know, and, and listen, uh, if you sit in the back, uh, don't stop coming. You know, you come on, <laughs> sit in the back. Right. But, <laughs> but I'm like you. I would encourage people, you know, uh, right. to to make it make it front heavy. <laughs> right. It's it's one of those things where I feel like, for lack of better terms, I think sometimes people get in the notion that they're not deserving to sit up front. Even like when you go to classes mm-hmm. and it can go, it goes back to when we had to, you know, black people had to sit at the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I was in college and so university, 
everybody was clamming to go sit in the back of the bus. And I sat up front with the coaches. Like, why would I want to go sit back there with y'all when the people that's making decisions about who's playing, how much playing time, Mm -hmm. who's doing what is sitting up front. So I sat in the front. Right. And, you know, it's not like I was up there, you know, chit-chatting with the coaches or nothing, but, you know, sit up front. See, I think it's generational, you know. I mean, see, my generation is different. See, the the baby boomers, because of what we went through, we we don't go to the back. (laughs) We try to get in the first seat we get to. You know, you walk in and you, boom, you sit in the front. It's because that's generational for us. Right. It's like we went through that fight to get <laughs> in, the, the front and seat. in the front seat. <laughs> so we're going to always try to sit in the front seat. Uh, but it's just like if I go to the movies, you know, I mean, I don't sit in the front seat now because it's screen too close. But, right. you know, but I sit toward the front. But I noticed that the younger kids, you know, younger generation, they go to the back. Yeah. You know, they sit in the back of the theater and I don't sit in the back of the theater. You know, I, like I said, I can't sit in the front row because I can't see sitting on the front row. Right. But you sit closer to, to the front. And it's the same thing about church. It's the same thing about anything. But again, you know, I, I tie it all back to our topic is that, you know, when we do those things because consciously we have not mapped out a plan for improving our status. So let's say even if I do feel, and there are some people that say they have low self-esteem, right? So I have low self-esteem. If my, if, if my New Year's resolution uh, is to um, improve my image of me, you know, to love me more. Right. Because if you love me more, then you feel like, you know, I'm worthy of, you know, everything. Then, then I need to map that out, you know, and that's, uh, you know, see, t- to me, like you said, this is a new decade. This is the new year. So every, every, every beginning, you don't have to wait to the new year, but it's, it's just a good time to do it. I should always be about what do I need to improve myself with? Yeah. You know, what do I need to do to improve myself? And, and that's what I should be focused on. And so if I am uncomfortable feeling worthy, then I need to make that a part of my new resolution that I'm going to improve my image of me. And of course, so you can't measure that. That's just that your vision statement or your yeah. mission statement. Right. But then you can measure with, with, with achievable goals, like you say, my goal is going to be, you know, that I'm going to be at a certain place in life at this time. And my strategy is going to be, I'm going to always sit in the front row. Right. I'm always, you know, you know, whatever, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I will say that in church, it is a completely different experience mm-hmm. in the first five rows. And it is in the back five row. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's eye opening actually. Cause when I first started coming to church and you know, I was sitting towards the middle or in the back. Mm-hmm. And then when I got on the social media team and stuff like that, I started sitting in the front. I was like, Whoa, this is completely different. When you're in the back row, it's kind of like, um, you are, uh, an observer. Mm-hmm. When you're closer to the front, you are a participant. Yeah. You know, you you feel like you are more involved, and I think, but you know, I I, I to me, I, I you know, and I I you know, then there are some folk in the back that 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 participate, you know, right. because I, I, I you know, I, but those are the people who couldn't get to the front, right? <laughs> so, they, so they had to sit in the back, usually, not always, but usually. So, but yeah, but you're right, hundred percent, especially especially um, especially when you're really going. Mm-hmm. And you look 
at a, you look at the person dead in the eyes, you says, mm-hmm. you talk back to me. Mm-hmm. And then the person does like, you can tell yeah, it helped you, but it also is like, a, like a beam of energy went straight to that person. Mm-hmm. You right. know, unfortunately you, you ain't getting that. Right. It's a connection. You, <laughs> yes, you, you get you, a connection. You feel more connected. And there, there are people who will tell me, and they tell me this all the time. They say, I felt like it was just a conversation that you were having with me. Right. And I felt like you must've been in my house last night, you know, because it was almost like this was exactly what I was going through and what I needed, you know, for that time. But like you say, that connection is hard to get, you know, the further you are away from the message, Yeah. you know? And, and so um, again, uh, see, to me, that ought to be a, what a resolution, mm-hmm. but with a solution to right. how I'm going to be able to connect better. Right. That's right. Because the more you connect, the more you're going to know. And the more you know, the more you're going to grow. That's right. Well, wow. We're at uh, right about 40, a little bit after 40 minutes now. So so anything else? So what's the plans for 2020? What's your plans? Major? Well, for the church, um, we have um, uh, a couple of goals. Um, uh, one of the goals that we have is is that we want our average attendance to to be greater than 800 per Sunday. That's average attendance. Um, The other goal is um, for the number of new converts um, that we're looking for. And and that equates to uh, on average of getting a um, two people um, uh, converted, meaning uh, two people uh, baptized or, or new converts uh, every month, a minimum of two. No, I'm sorry, four every month. Say it wrong. Four converts every month, um, because our mission is to get souls saved. Right, right. Uh, and and so those are you know two of the goals that for for the church that we're looking at. You know, do I think we're going to exceed those goals? I, I'm always looking to exceed those goals, and we have some strategies in place. You know, to make those you know, things happen. Uh, one of the other um, goals uh, um, that we have is to have a, a minimum of 200 youth, that is 17 and below, between uh, six and seven, six years old and 17 years old, be actively participating in church every week. You know, so those are the three goals that we're looking at for this year. For, you know, so for is that 200 part of the 800? It is. It's a. It's a. It, when I say participant participating, it it, it actually is separate from that eight hundred. Okay. okay. Uh, the reason being is because the eight hundred is average Sunday attendance. The two hundred could be Friday night okay, events. Gotcha. You know. It, you know. It could be. You know. All those t- kind of things because the youth. Um, while we certainly want their attendance on Sunday, we also recognize that um, for the youth. Um, um, worship it, while it is something that they have to understand service needs to be understood and we need to give them alternatives to the world, but yet they can still have fun. Right. Right. Plus it's good for the community, them coming on Thursday, Friday and Saturday night. A- absolutely. So, Cause if they're in there, that means they're not on the street. They're not on something. the street. Right. They're, 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 they're not, um, they're, you know, there's a, high, there's a high gang population in our area. And so we want to we want to give alternatives. You know, people normally join gangs because they feel disconnected. Right. We want them to feel connected to something. You know, that, 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 that 
greater than the game. Right. All right. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen and watch us. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time. <laughs>